Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Alicia, Alicia conlin hurt She's the co-founder of Persuasion Experience based out of Australia. Um, and she's going to elaborate a little more on what what they do. And we are specifically going to talk about the things she learned building by building 450 landing pages and funnels and what that taught her about how customers click. So I'm really looking forward to this interview. Could you introduce yourself, Alicia? Yes. Hello, Elias. And everybody listening, I'm very excited to impart some funnel knowledge here today. And there's a little bit more to add to the original intro, but basically in my career, I have focused very much on CRO, so conversion rate optimization, conversions, and sales. And what a lot of people really focus on is traffic and how to spend more money on traffic. And they think the key to unlocking scale is traffic. So what we help our clients to do is actually build out their persuasion experience and figure out how to make more from every single click they get, but also make more revenue in the back end of their funnel as well. And we've worked with many, many companies, but this works for companies as big as Linktree and Wayflyer, billion dollar brands, all the way down to brand new startups in the SaaS industry as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you're when you're talking about funnels, what exactly do you mean? Because we might have listeners in, in B2C and B2B, When you are talking about funnels, what exactly do you mean? Yeah, and this is the great thing. A lot of people think a funnel is optional, right? Like, oh, do I really need a funnel? And the thing is, if you have a business, you have a funnel because basically your funnel is just the touch points that somebody has with your company. So I think that funnels sort of equals Russell Brunson's click funnels now. And so a lot of inverted commas, serious brands are really dismissive of funnels because they think it's for internet marketers and scammy online course creators and that sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. you have a funnel, whether you realize it or not. And those little leaks sink big ships, right? All of those touch points can be optimized for more revenue and higher conversions. And once you can figure that out, there's a lot of money to be unlocked in your funnel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially with sales technology coming up recently Mm. Um, a lot of more well a lot of companies start building those sales funnels as well as well which seem very salesy and very let's say well i perceive them as a very robotic way of reaching out to to companies i receive uh, emails every day in which i i almost already sense that they're automated etc they're non not very mm-hmm. humanized etc so when when you're looking at funnels what, what would what do you think most people are getting wrong when they build funnels yeah a lot of things and so the first being that they think it's optional so they're not even focusing on it and for those that do focus on it a lot of them the biggest problem i see is that they think that the funnel ends at acquisition. So they get the lead and then they're like, ah, my work here is done. But really your funnel can be broken into at a high level, three different units, the before, the during, 
and the after. And each of those has your activation, your acquisition, then, you know, your attention and your referral and your revenue. And all of these can be broken down into each of those touch points. So one, they don't even usually have that mapped out. And two, they don't have a purposeful plan for each of those touch points. They're not taking control of those touch points. And then thirdly, when they are a little bit more advanced and maybe they are focusing on funnels, I find they have an obsession or over-reliance on the technology and not the psychology. And what I mean by that is they haven't taken the time to truly understand their target market. They don't know their positioning. They don't know their offer and they don't know their key messages that convert. And what's that that is like is it's like you've built a house on sand and this house keeps sinking and you're putting band-aids on the cracks and on the sinks, hoping that it's going to start working. But if your foundations aren't there, your funnel is never going to convert. So those are the the main things. They think it's optional. Mm -hmm. They think it ends at acquisition and they don't have the foundations in place to actually create a scalable funnel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that analogy and the phases that you pointed out. So the before, during, and after. Um, mm-hmm. From what I'm seeing, a lot of people are using, let's say, funnels in the before phase, as you say. It might be like in the outreach phase, and they forget about funnels and touch points in the during and after phase. Um, and from what I'm seeing, it's it's often like a, a numbers game. So the more mm-hmm. emails I shoot out, the more ads I publish on 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 social. I just pray and pray and hope that we get a point zero one uh, on on a, a million or two, uh, let's say touch points, and then hope that we get a customer out of that. Um, how, how would you um, how would what, what would you recommend for people when they start building? funnels and landing pages? Definitely not to rely on hope marketing, like what you were saying, because Mm -hmm. if you're hoping for sales, that's never going to happen. But it really does go back to these foundations because people do, they go and get like they go and get deadline funnels or they want to have the newest webinar technology. But if I ask them to describe their target market and the conversation that they're trying to enter and what are you really selling and what's the dream outcome of your target market, they can't actually describe that. So all of your marketing is going to fail if you don't truly understand your target market, right? Your Mm -hmm. target market is your number one input and all of your marketing is just inputs and outputs, garbage in, garbage out. And so what I see is they don't have these foundations in platform down pat where they know their target market. They know their radical differentiation and why them over their competitors. They don't have this, what we call a golden hippo offer that helps them to stand out. And they don't know what's going to resonate with the audience and no technology and no beautifully designed world-class page is ever going to combat not understanding your target market and the words that they use to describe their problems and their hopes and their dreams and their fears. Could you could you give an example of of a golden offer that you just referred to, and what 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 do you listeners what 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 could and golden a golden offer be? What what do you consider to be yeah. a golden offer? Yeah, so these golden hippo offers that we call it is mm-hmm. for there's difference here. There's for legion, there's SaaS, and there's e-commerce. But really, you've got to remember that businesses just exist to solve problems. And so what you need to be able to do is to show and articulate that what you provide is going to move 
the target market into their dream outcome. You're going to provide that transformation. As an example, I worked with a business coach and we surveyed his customers and we kept on finding this same word came up, focus. I don't know how to focus. I don't know what to focus on. Help me focus. So his offer for lead generation became a focus, a free focus finder session and where you got like, you know, the proposal, but it was disguised as uh, your focus finder session roadmap. Uh, alternatively, when we've worked in the SaaS market, because this is still applicable for SaaS and in SaaS, a lot of them think like SaaS companies, which means that they are really heavily focused on their features and they don't think about the end transformation. What are you really selling? No one's selling a product or a service. We sell entry into a desired after state. And so we had a client that was a platform, a SaaS product that helped you to write your first fiction book. And they were promoting it as, oh, we we are the number one fiction writing platform, the number one fiction writing platform. But when we surveyed their their target market and their clients, and we started to understand them, what we found out is, no, what we're really selling is the ability to finally write your first book and get that out of your head Mm -hmm. and be accountable in the motivation. So what that changed to, that positioning and that message changed to was where the number one fiction writing tool or software where aspiring writers come to finally publish their first fiction book. And that totally changes the conversation and talks to that dream outcome. So that's what we mean by that golden hippo offer. What is that dream outcome or transformation your target market is actually looking for? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. So would that offer be different in the before, during or after phase or it, does it only apply to one of the stages? How does that work? Well, we're always making offers, right? So you make an offer when it's your lead magnet or a piece of content because you want somebody to exchange their time or their email address. So it's, you're always thinking in offers or it's an offer if you're trying to get somebody on the phone to book a demo. How am I going to come off that demo better than what I came in? How are you going to provide me value whether I go ahead with you or not? And then there's the offer in terms of, actually signing up and going ahead with you. And that might be your product or your service. But in the back end of your funnel, you should be having ascension ladders and pyramids and the next logical step. And you should understand what are the next offers so that you can boost your LTV so that you can afford to spend more on customers, right? And start to build out that flywheel of the more you can make from a customer, the more you can spend to acquire a customer. And those of us who can afford to spend the most to acquire a customer are going to win. So you're always making an offer, whether you're trying to make an offer, you know, to catch up for coffee with somebody, a cold prospect, or to book yourself on a podcast. It's always positioning mm-hmm. yourself as an offer. Cool. So I love the the ideas that you're sharing, Alicia. So um, I was I was um, thinking the the let's let's say we have a couple of listeners that want to want to get started in building those funnels. After mm-hmm. listening to you, what you what you're pointing out is that. Um, and I think you pointed it out during the beginning of the interview as well. Is that there's a lot of marketers that just you know, grab every new shiny object, new mm-hmm. kind of technology to get started. Um, from what I'm sensing here is that it's that it's strategy first, technology second, right? So you need to think over the the, the offer. You need to think about the customer journey. You need to visualize your customer journey. Think in pyramids, as you as you as you just stated. Um, it all seems like a, a pretty intense job. So how do marketers 
start in building their first funnels. Yeah. And it is an intense job and that's why nobody does it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> People mm-hmm. want marketing to be easy, right? And they think that they're going to build this multi-million dollar business, but not have these foundations in place. And that's why a lot of businesses fail. Like I truly believe that because they don't understand their target market. They're not target market obsessed. So one of the first ways that a marketer can get started is to start asking the target market how they describe their hopes, their dreams, their fears, their problems, and the big goal that they're trying to accomplish and creating a really detailed, depends what industry you're in, ICP, target market avatar, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, and making sure the whole company is on board, what that is, who we're serving and how we help them, because that's going to completely change the whole company. So that's the number one thing. And then if you're a marketer and you've never spoken to the sales team and asked them what questions they're getting, you need to go and do that and set up consistent feedback loops with your customer support team, your sales team, those people that are on the trenches talking to the target market, you need to be talking with them and getting those feedback loops with them. And there's other ways to easily research your target market. So go to where they are online, act like the target market trying to solve the problem and map out their buyer's journey. Research, just Google Eugene Schwartz's five levels of awareness. And then you can start to map out that buyer's journey because your customer is going through that buyer's journey, whether you hold their hand and help them or not. So you can start to understand the conversations that they're having throughout that funnel. So it's, it's not like the sexiest thing, right? Because nobody really wants to sit there and do 40 hours of research <laughs> to truly understand their target market. But that's where you have to start. And that's where persuasion starts. How can you persuade somebody to do something if you don't know how to if you don't know what motivates them, it's impossible. And what we're doing is we're trying to persuade at scale with a funnel, yeah? And if we don't know what makes them tick, we how are we going to get them motivated to take action and come out of inertia if we can't even describe their problem back to them and show them that it's worth taking action? Yeah, and you're making a fair point there. It's hard work to, to get your product let's say, to stand out from the crowd and to to yeah. learn to know your, your target audience, your buyers, et cetera. So I love that. Um, even though it's tra- strategy first and technology second, I do want to spend a little, let's say, time on, on what kind of technology stack or tools you are recommending. So what kind of experience do you have with kind of tooling, MarTech tools that, that you have used during your uh, let's say, uh, well, yeah, the experiences you had in building those landing pages, because you must have used several tools and mm-hmm. you probably can recommend some good ones and ones that, that you wouldn't recommend or things to stuff that is misused or whatsoever. So what kind of experiences do you have? Yes. So the most obvious one is there's obviously click funnels, right? And click funnels I find is a bit ugly in the interface, but it's really good for moving quickly and launching quickly. Now it's not going to suit all big brands, but if you want to find out results and split tests quickly, it is a really awesome software. For us with our funnels, we code them in static HTML and then launch the funnels. And if we want to do split tests, we use Google Optimize for split tests. Mm-hmm. And for other our other tech stack, we love Loom. We send Loom to our clients. We send Loom as sales follow-up. I think that Loom and being able to send recorded videos really helps you to stand out. And we use ClickUp as pretty much our central hub Slack, of course, we use a great tool called Adzula for researching for our ads and finding keywords 
that we would never even have thought of. And we also use a tool called punch list, which helps us to keep all of our client feedback into one centralized hub instead of having these client feedback nightmares where there's stuff flying around in phone calls and emails. And if there's anyone that's ever had to project manage before, punch list will change your life. So those are some of the tech stack that we're using more specifically with funnels and to drive our our agency as well. Cool. So for the listeners that couldn't make the notes as fast as you were summing <laughs> these these up, I'll I'll share those in the in the show notes, of course. And with that, I would like to conclude the interview and, and thank you very much, Alicia, for being on the show. I will share your details, your LinkedIn uh, profile, as well as a link to your website, Persuasion Experience, in the show notes so people can find you there and can reach out to you should they have any questions. So thank you for being on the show, Alicia. Great. Thank you so much for having me and listening to me rant for 20 minutes about funnels, my favorite topic. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.